0: Hey don't worry, Cho's just coming back for fox and fiddle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: All right, it's good to see uh, everyone again. Let's continue our study. I know chapter three has been uh, a point of much conversation and I think like healthy conversation debate so uh, I'm glad. Um, I've heard some stories of people wrestling with some of these things, which is good. I think it's good to wrestle with it. Uh, even if it's slightly uncomfortable uh, in parts of our minds. So, let's begin. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we ended off with 3.3. We're going to read 3.4 and 3.5 today. we we'll try to cover both points. Uh, but let's remind ourselves of what chapter 3 has discussed so far. God's eternal decrees, right? The predestining of the saved, and then, of course the four ordained um, those who are uh, designated right into a certain place and that is definite and cannot be either increased or decreased in terms of uh heaven or hell Um, so we'll get there so let's talk about 3.4 3.5 uh can i get a volunteer to read 3.4 for us anyone someone who hasn't read would be ideal uh, but can three point four fantastic, and then three point five. Anyone volunteer for three point four? The honor of reading. Very good. Read All right, David.
3: From these angels.
4: Yes. These angels and men thus predest, uh, predestinated uh, and ordained, are particularly, uh, unchangeably designed in a number so certain and definite. They cannot be either
0: increased or diminished. Thank you. 3.5. anyone like to read? Leslie? Those of mankind that
1: are predestinated unto life, God, before the foundation of the world, was laid, according his eternal and immutable purpose, and the secret counsel and good pleasure of his world, hath chosen in Christ unto everlasting glory, out of his mere free grace and love, without any foresight of faith or good works or perseverance in either of them or any other thing in the creature as conditions or causes
0: moving him thereunto and all to the praise of his glorious grace. Thank you. Difficult stuff. Uh, If it helps, you could Google the modern version of these things and it might help you understand some of the terminology a little bit better. But let's get going with 3.4 and 3.5. So let's pray. Uh, will pray for us and then we can. father we thank you so much we thank you for um, just this time as um, as Christians together to read understand uh, what's been left with us to comprehend some of these things is difficult admittedly and we ask God that our understanding would not come through uh, our own means or that we would rest uh, on ourselves for understanding but that these things that the divines have concluded, from your word and so we appeal to your word and we ask the oh lord for your spirit to teach us this time we thank you pray all this mm-hmm. in name. amen okay so brothers and sisters as we do each week i want to commend to you to take this time right now to discuss the contents of 3.4 and 3.5 especially on the heels of what we've already discussed in the first three points so if you need to refresh yourself please do so and read 3.1 point 2 and point 3 and then, read point .4 and point five. It can be complex. Now, to, they're building the argument for you. They didn't just or randomly order these statements, right? They're building off of things that they've already taught, or at least mentioned. And so, um, build your understanding on the premise of things that, have already been, uh, that we've already discussed, right? Uh, but in your groups, if you could discuss the contents of 3.4 and 3.5 together, look to the scripture proofs as Uh, um, as reference points and try to understand some of these things and if there's more questions than thoughts that are shared in your group that's fine that's what we want to do so if you uh, just uh, if you can uh, choose a person to represent your group uh, to write down some of these comments and questions that you might have that'd be fantastic no question should uh, go (laughs) unasked so please ask them and uh, we'll take we'll do our best to try and address some of those things. So take next fifteen or so minutes to do that. If you need more time, we'll give you more time at that time. But uh, with your groups, let's discuss.
3: Ari has a, one final question.
0: Ari has one final question.
3: <laughs> I'm
0: excited for this one final question. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, this chapter is. Um, is really uh, fun to talk about uh, just because it incorporates a lot of things that I think that are difficult for us at times to comprehend. Um, and so it can be difficult, uh, it can get personal at times because we have, um, like, to say God predestines is at times uncomfortable for Christians because. That obviously means there's a foreordaining of those who are not inclusive of those. Like in the future, it could be like your son, your daughter, it could be whatever, right? And that's uncomfortable, right? Um, and so we tend to try to relinquish God of that by like twisting theology to make it fit like what we would bo- what we would assume to be like acceptable, right? Like oh, this is acceptable as something God would do. But we cannot sway, and I like that's why I like the confessions because it's just it's just very blunt. It's very like straightforward, and it's like this is what scripture says. Um, it's not take it or leave it, but it's like this is what scripture says, right? and it's our opportunity to kind of understand these things in better light. Because when they're just in the Bible and there's like verses in the middle of epistles and letters and different books, we tend to overlook some of those statements and focus on the other stuff. It's like oh, but you know, love and hope and mercy, you know, it's wonderful, Um, but it's important we comprehend this, very, 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 very important, okay? So 3.4, which group would like to begin? (coughs) Okay, we're just going to begin, small speakers, I guess, Um, June's group? Who would like to start us off, lead off batter here? (laughs) <laughs> throwing around a of responsibility? Uh, we talked
2: about 3. 3. <laughs> you talked about 3.3. You <laughs> talked about 3.3. <laughs> okay. So this group didn't even talk about what we were talking about. <laughs> Excellent. I think it's because a lot of us were not here, including me. Okay. Um, just recapping. Sure. This group. is actually good. This is
0: good that we start with your group then. Yeah.
2: Okay. I the wording word between is by god and one is not caused by god i guess um uh, mm-hmm. where foreordained is a result of your sin uh, yes so god we're but he doesn't cause you yes uh, to be sinning but predestination where he sells you out of that it's completely by him yes uh, so it's separating the two ideas right to
0: So, the distinction between predestined to everlasting life and foreordained to everlasting death. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, And then, we talked about... Yeah, it's, like, very specific, like, foreordained and predestined, they're just very strict in number. Um, There is no changes, there's no exceptions God makes. Yeah. All, like one more person to be saved, but... Did you look at the scripture
0: proof? Anyone look at the scripture proof for that by any chance? Because it's a very specific thing to say, right? Because they could have ended it at, oh, like, there are the priest's to everlasting life, and there are those who are forbidden to everlasting death, but they specifically write, their number is so certain and definite that it cannot be either increased or decreased. Like, they're not just, like, kind of pulling that out of, like, thin air, right? Uh, did anyone by any chance get to the scripture proof of that statement? or does anyone know where we find that in scripture <laughs> Anyone read 2 <Second> Timothy 2:19 <laughs> uh, if you have a Bible please open it with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. Uh, if anyone's got it just read it as soon as you got it If you want to know it, then that are his, and let everyone that name it the name of Christ for iniquity. Yes. From iniquity. Yes. <laughs> we got the historic version. Can we get the modern version? <laughs> <laughs> the historic text is covered. We need the modern text. Anyone have an ESV or uh ESV. Yes. But God's firm foundation stands bearing the seal. The Lord knows who are his. So yes. know,
2: like everyone knows the name. who names the name of the
0: Lord, of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, so they kn- the Lord knows who are his and that is that's kind of like the premise of that right that's where we I mean there's so many other verses where we can find this but um, in the scripture first we see this and that verse like what really it indicates to us there and then of course later in Revelation is that there is a, a clear like set plan like this is not just God being like, oh, I'll predestine some. See how it goes, and others forwarding to everlasting death. See how that goes. But there's actually a specific like number. Like this is specificity to this entire plan, right? It's not just like uh, arbitrary, if you will, right? Um, it's very interesting that we see that. So, uh, getting back to Gene's group.
2: Oh, any further statements? Yeah. Questions? We also talked about. God is not biased in his who he, uh, mm. we talked about how because he is most free he is completely yes. without any dependency on anything foreseen or anything uh, to come but yes. that's why he's able to make the most good predestined choices <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, seems very, very uh, unfair to us but it's the most yes, fair thank
0: you so one really important thing is we need to make a distinction between how we choose and how god chooses when we say god predestines we immediately jump to the idea or image of god like sitting around going you 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 you, you, you. it's not even like thanos stuff right where he just snaps and like random people die. it's like it, it's not like that because the, all of in all of those cases when you choose to do something or when you choose something out of some You know pot of whatever like you're choosing this item out of this you're choosing You know this out of that or you're choosing to do this instead of this you're making choices based on Conditions and causes right so the way we make choices is Completely different from how God chooses If that makes sense, right like he does not predestine on The premise or condition or cause of other things in even in infinite knowledge and that's like unfathomable to us, and so people like, for example, Armenians would accuse Calvinists of making God like this horrible monster uh, for choosing people to be saved. Um, what they're projecting onto God is the way that they choose. It's like there is no other way to choose. There is no way to predestine without being evil because. My only experience of choice is that it's always biased, it's always conditional, it's always caused by something, it's always based on this preference, it's always based on that, it's based on something, right? But God's predestination of those who are granted everlasting life is not caused by those things. And it's not a choice made in the same way that we choose, for example, what we're going to eat tonight, right? (laughs) Like it just, it doesn't happen that way. There is no uh, cause to those. There's no influence in that area, right? It's infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge. He Himself, within Himself, is making, is predestining for His own glory, and it's a mystery to us because we can't fathom how a choice like that could be made. But if you're wholly perfect good, uh, the choice can only be wholly perfect good, right? and that's the trust that we must have now if it was like Zeus making this choice then we have very good reason to question these choices because Zeus has proven himself to be quite human right? like any god like if you put him on human level and make a human out of that god then the choice has to be questioned of why some why not others right? and of course the Armenian idea is well if I was god and I had all power and all knowledge and all things I would save everyone because that's the best thing for everyone right? But we know, of course, um, that there's mystery to this, but that the ultimate pointer is that it is for His own (coughs) glory. And it's a mystery to us, it's unfathomable to us, but it's because we project ourselves onto God. It's a very good point. Don't know if that's where you were leaning. When you said that,
2: it was fantastic.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes, sir. It was really, (laughs) very, very Yes. (laughs) Just building off of June. June is the foundation of that (laughs) argument. (laughs) All <laughs> oh, the group, the group, yes. This group that focused on 3.3. Um, <laughs> I hope that makes sense. So, moving on to this group. Right here. The <laughs> yeah, quieter uh, of the groups. Yeah. Uh, what, did, well, what did you guys uh, talk about? Uh, we were
4: talking about like, the distinction between forwarding. Mm. And uh, what did you find? Between foreordained and predestined, God predestined those chosen, and the number is certain and designed in a certain way and ordained uh, these things ahead of time because He predestined it. Then we talked about emphasis on God's grace and glory in point five. Mm -hmm. It is uh, free grace and love without any foresight of faith or good works in us. Yep. Uh, Purely God. Chosen, uh, who he desired to choose, and then we're talking about, you uh, know, conditional election. And then Andrew brought up how we talked about in uh, chapter two—that God is unchangeable, uh, independent. Game. So that means His will is also independent and unchangeable. Mm-hmm. Then, uh kind of a distinction that we talked about for uh, predestination and preordination. Uh, nation, uh, God, that God has uh, eternally chose who He chooses to save,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and then predestination is the uh, <coughs> the foreordained uh, by God uh, for a s- certain amount of people He
0: chooses to. Uh, so, what was the first? What was the first statement you made?
4: Uh, that God has eternally chosen. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I I think the language could be a little bit confusing as to why they would uh, use the why they would use two different terms, right? Right. There must be a reason and a distinction made. Semantically there's almost no difference between the two terms, right? Predestined (coughs) and ordained But they're using biblical terms, you're using the scripture previously when you read it, that's how the Bible describes the predestining of the elect and the foreordaining of the non-elect, right? Um, it's not to relinquish God of that, that he did not, right, uh, do this certain thing, or to lessen the act of um, foreordaining those to everlasting death. It's the language of the, of the Bible. But I think what the Bible tells you, and I think I think what the divines are getting at, is that the emphasis of Scripture is that there is a predestined... Uh, there is a predestined will of God, like a God's will that predestines those who will be elect. Right? Uh, that's the emphasis that out of the lost, some will be saved. It's not The emphasis of scripture is not I will destine some to hell. That's not the emphasis of the Bible. It's not to say that's not a reality, but that's not the emphasis found in the Bible and hence that's not what I think divines discovered in the scriptures themselves as being emphasis. So it's not to lessen that Or to relinquish God of that act in and of itself but it's to articulate it in the way that the Bible does and the Bible wants you to put emphasis and focus I don't want to say want to the Bible does absolutely put emphasis on the fact that those who are saved should rejoice in the fact that they're elect not in uh, and you should certainly mourn those who are not it's not to say like even like during Christ's own ministry right he clearly has empathy for those all there like everyone there And it's not to say that you um, don't have love and care for those who are lost, right? But because we don't know who the elect are, because we don't know even even for ourselves, Lord willing, we will be elect to the end. Like we are, we will be proven elect on on our uh, in our last breath, right? That we will be able to proclaim, like, "Hey, like I finished this race." Um, No one for certain can say that I will, right? It's Lord willing, and so. what we find in this statement is not so much a distinction in the terminology to indicate a massive distinction between these two acts, but it's to indicate God's sovereign will over all things, whether it be the elect or the non-elect. If that makes sense, right? But semantically there's no difference between the two terms. Or like very little difference between the two terms. Before ordaining, like like generally speaking, it's like a like there is a plan for all things. Predestined is like this. I am electing something. That seems to be the emphasis of scripture. Did any other groups discuss this by any chance? Yeah. Did you conclude anything yourselves? (laughs)
4: Oh yeah, we talked about it earlier. True.
0: Did your did your table or group talk about this at all? Right? Yeah three point four I think three point five so really you makes sense. I have a question though. you have a question?
5: Go for it. Go for it. I have a question. Uh, so you mentioned like more willing if you're elected, you know. Um, we never know whether we're five or not. So how can we have Assurance? Yeah.
0: Anyone want to tackle this question?
3: Yeah, I, I don't think it's correct to say that you can't know your life. I think you can know your life in this life. Um, but you never ask the question, like, yeah. am I, I determined to free? You're yes. Never that. yes. The question you ask is, like, do you have faith? Yes. Right, so faith is the infallible effect of collection. Faith always follows but right? so I can follow the I mean, humanly speaking, yes, anyone can but um, (coughs) I think the confession, assurance of faith, chapter, you can know a certainty that you have true faith, and if you know that you have true faith, you can make the inference that you have, if you have true faith, Mm -hmm. we'll get to the assurance section, yeah, assurance is coming,
0: and it's a distinction (laughs) in the language, (laughs) but, yeah, yeah, to make it clear, um, (laughs) when, yeah.
3: <laughs> to be yeah, just to
0: be clear we cannot claim that we were um, To be clear We don't want to claim we don't want to say like um, I Don't think there's a way for us to be certain like because like my because I know I'm elect I am Christian is not the way you want to think Right, that's kind of like the clarity I wanted to make is that Knowing whether you are elect or not is not the premise by which you understand uh, the genuine nature of your faith, right? The genuine nature of your faith is, um, is, is evident in your own life uh, through, the f- through the fruit of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit in you. And you see those things, right? Like those are observable things as well as non-observable. They're internal as well. Um, but the mystery of election is we cannot, like, we don't have a radar ability to be able to know I am part of this group uh, with certainty, and so, hence, I put my faith in my understanding that I am elect, right? But it's our faith in Christ alone that I am saved, which makes us a, the inference is that we are elect. Right. Is, does that make sense?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I guess I pretty sure they, they thought they had yeah. faith in Christ, right?
0: Right. But then... Yeah, I mean, that's that only goes to show that, like, faith is not an emotional experience on in and of itself, like, purely. 100%. Right? That faith is not purely just... I cried tears when the pastor spoke about, you know, people who are dying in Kazakhstan without ever hearing the gospel. I te- I, pr- I prayed, and so I'm Christian, right? it's It indicates... Uh, very little in regards to that what christ really taught i mean think about the pharisees if we actually had a pharisee in our church we would think he is the holiest man in this room the pharisees were incredibly incredibly diligent in their adherence to the laws so like we would look like a like terrible human beings in comparison to them right and they would know everything every time you do something you'd be like well you know ezekiel 9 16 says right and it's just like throw Bible verses at you, right? Like, recite scripture off the top of the Like, just everything, right? Um, <laughs> the Pharisees would just go off, right? But when Jesus comes, what is revealed about them is if anything, it reveals they weren't of, they are not of faith, right? So it's very important. It's not to say that you should disregard that, that adherence and a following of God's laws is a bad thing. That's not what Christ's teaching was to the Pharisees. It's like, Follow with the right heart, right? Have the right attitude and posture. Understand yourself in light of who God is. And, uh, follow laws, but do them with the right um, posture in doing so, right? That's what Paul teaches us too, right? Galatians, Romans, etc. cetera. Um, so that's a very, it's a very good question. Are, and the Bible has grounds for this. People who think they're saved, but they're not. Right. I mean, I'm sure the young rich ruler thought he was good, right? I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, um, it was difficult for him
4: matter
0: that we not know what we're we i don't i don't think uh, let me rephrase maybe i didn't rephrase this <laughs> we can buy our the the life we live and um internal desires changing our attitude our understanding our following our desire to want to want our desires for god and the things of god changing fruits of the spirit like love all those things increasing in our life sanctification being very clear and projected upward um, all of these things are evidence of such things Um, the question of whether it's important is is a difficult one because once once we claim election it's almost as if we rest ourselves on that instead of Christ right that the eternal decree itself becomes our social salvation instead of Christ Himself, who is the foundation of our faith? Yeah, I
3: think um, it's a really good question. I think the answer is yes. <laughs> it is important. Um, because that's what like the Reformation is about. Like, the never have assurance. Mm-hmm. That's what the Christian life is like having to justify by faith. But if you don't know, if you don't have assurance, you never have. Faith. Yeah. You can never have peace. Um, right. If you're always wondering till you're dead, um, whether I'm really saved. Yeah. No, that true no, I, I think that when we read Paul's letters, it's pretty clear that we can have that assurance. Yeah. And we should have it. Or else, yeah. we could never have peace. No, we can No, we can't have it. We can. Yeah. We should have it. But, but what we're reading here and what I've thought for the longest time is that
4: because um, having everlasting life or everlasting death is predestined and for more in, I'm always. Yes. There is a plan. So even if we're gonna find just you know, I'm supposed to be oh, hell. Then I guess it's just meant to be <laughs>
0: yeah, That's right. probably not the conclusion I was, but like <laughs> to build on Richard's point, um, so Richard's talking about assurance of salvation, which when we get there you'll realize is incredibly important. Right? The assurance of salvation and uh, the evidence of such things and the knowledge of such thing about your own life is important, right? Because to live in non-assurance would be problematic for like a multitude of reasons, right? But Richard, for his question, I think specifically is to know the nature of the eternal decree and who is included in that decree.
3: I talk talking about you as an individual or other people? Him as an
0: individual, I think.
3: You yourself. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter whether I am
0: yes, that is I important, but you're talking about two different categorical things I think if I'm, at, if I'm understanding the question other the other category is this is that when God decreed all things was I, like, my name mentioned there like, like was you, I there, like, what? am I a part of that, right that is obviously it's connected to the assurance component to it, but I don't think that's the emphasis of where we find our assurance but
4: when we have faith, when we have assurance
0: yeah, so it's the natural indicative like it's the natural conclusion to that, right? But I think what's important is that our faith in Christ is our foundational source of understanding ultimately that we are elect. But if you're focused solely, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm understanding the question incorrectly, but I've met Christians who are like, Am I elect or not? Like that's what I wanna know. Right?
1: What, like, is that
0: important? Like it's a yes or it's a yes, right? But if I'm understanding the question correctly, like, is it important for what?
3: Like, does it matter at all? Cause yeah, I mean,
0: it it does. It it does matter. But like your initial question, if I if I'm if I'm understanding it properly, is is it important for that to be like the primary thing that I tackle for the sake really of assurance? On a general level, yes, right? Because that's, it's really important to know whether we're saved or not.
1: Isn't that risky, though? Because if another dude tells you, yes, you are part of the elect, they're um, um, right. yes, okay, I'm good, I'm good to
0: go. <laughs> if a dude tells you yes, you should be very concerned. Right, right. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think
1: there's a, a risk in trying to find out if you are part of the yeah. elect, because if you are, by some... Figure that you are prone to be led astray mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. thinking that okay yeah I'm locked in good to go I can just live out my life yeah. with a mess, right so sure. but if you're saved you not have to ask you. right so right exactly so they're, they're very interconnected they're very yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that which is
0: what Richard sure. is saying is that the assurance of salvation is what produces the understanding of your election so that's why I think
1: that's more important rather than yes. focusing on. Am I yes. or not? Which is asking.
0: what I was trying to explain to um, Alex, but Alex's question on a general level would be the answer to the question would be yes. But if maybe I misunderstood the initial question, but I understood it that way. Does that make sense?
3: <laughs> we can always talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: It's a very
0: important thing. It's 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 good. Like just to clarify, so what Richard is um if I'm not mistaken in telling us or emphasizing for us in uh, as we need is that assurance of salvation is like very important when we get there you'll understand why Like it's, it's incredibly important uh, it's tackled in scripture it's told to us and taught to us to contemplate these things and know right um, but the nature of whether I am hmm, I think what Estee getting at is if you find your assurance in seeking out right, whether I am elect or not like that's <coughs> the main pursuit the route by which I find assurance it can be problematic in the sense that you will ground your faith or your salvation in something that is not essentially Christ right? but when you ground your faith in Christ those two conclusions are natural outcomes of that assurance if that makes sense so it's a yes. It, the reason I say hesitantly that it's a no, I don't say hesitant. It's yes, but with asterisk caution, if that makes sense. Good question, though. Um, last group. Nice.
5: Okay, so. Yeah. Why
0: did that just fade out the whole shit. <laughs> <thing laughs> You're yeah, giving me the death. No. Second,
5: Victoria.
3: I
0: Also, talking about like the intra
5: and I think that was the what?
0: And last. Yeah. Talked about intra serians? Yes. Oh my goodness. Of course. Was <laughs> it Richard is this a Richard conjured conversation? Yeah. Of course. Yes.
3: But I want to add another, I won't add that one. It's too much I love that. Um I like the line that says, five, those of that kind that are predestined to life, God, skip down, has chosen in Christ. Yes. I think that's, I totally missed that in discussion. Like, like, Christ is the first predestined. Yes. And Because God the whole plan was for Christ to come to Earth and to save people. So not predestined to salvation. Yeah. What are you taking for? Um That's okay. Uh so I, I think that's important to um, connect all of these spiritual activities, so putting election in Christ. Yes. Or else it becomes very like abstract, even like, scary kind of like thought process. Yes yeah thank you Much
0: yeah and I think that that's what um, we forget this right that in our conversation on election or assurance if it's void of being like anything that it's not it's void of Christ then what we're really talking about is um, is not is nonsensical that salvation is still predicated regardless of how we understand it, its, me- its mechanics or anything else. That it's still all about Christ, right? In Christ, through Christ, and in Christ is by w- it's the means by which we are saved. Now, if that's the focus, I don't know if you can get too lost. Right? I, I just don't think you can get too off track if uh, the gospel and Christ is centered to uh, and tied to very foundationally to your to your understanding of salvation. Um, so when we get to like soteriology and stuff, um, if you're understanding that it is all in Christ, then I don't think you can sway too far from the truth. As long as it's it's, the, it's Christ, right? I mean, it's got to be biblical and all that. So, uh, any other comments or questions from this group? I have a question.
2: Yes.
1: Um, why did the divines make go? a point of a number that yes. is defined, but yeah, and nobody knows what that
3: number is.
0: Yeah, I mean, the number is, uh, it has to be a number. So, right. Yeah, logically <laughs> speaking. So, if there is a number. There is a number. That, that exists, yeah, sure,
1: yeah. I get that, but why talk about that? Yeah. And why bring it
0: up? Yeah, I think why scripture talks about us? it, right? Um, scripture talks about it. If you read uh, 3.1 for scripture proofs like 2 Timothy 2, John 13, 18, I think there's a clear emphasis scripture on this, that there is those who are of Christ, like in Christ, and those who are not. Right? And the number language I think is not so much to say like, hey, this is an exclusive club and like only like we only have about thousand seats, right? That's what it makes us sound like right. yeah. and it's not to like uh, it's not to create like attractiveness to it. Right? It's not to draw people in because there's an exclusivity to it, but it's to indicate the incredible grace that is being bestowed upon those who are part of that number. I think it's just a biblical, like, in all of these statements that the divines wrote, uh, to my understanding, they were trying to draw out the language of scripture. Right, they weren't trying to reinterpret or reimagine the language of the Bible and then Put it in words that would make sense to them, or like, any, like they were just literally trying to quote scripture as much as possible in their articulation of these mm-hmm. things. Right. It's kind of like a like a trailer to the movie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to bring out like the actual essence of that content of script of the Bible.
3: I, I think also also in the historical context. The images were emphasizing like things are indefinite. Uh, yeah. The, the future is open. For that yeah. So they're fighting against that same number. Yes. Okay.
0: And I would actually argue that the more important point tied to that term number is that final phrase that it cannot be either increased or decreased. In other words, it relinquishes human ability to choose. Right. That it's no, it's not dependent on a human's choice. Right. But it's dependent on God's choice. It's always been His choice. Good questions. Anything else? 3.4, 3.5, complex stuff, heavy
5: stuff. Is that why, like, Jehovah's uh, Witnesses believe? I think mean, they believe 100. That comes from Revelation. Yeah, okay. yeah. But yes. So could you comment on that then?
0: Like, that yeah. number tied to this quote <laughs> unquote number? The the 144,000? Yeah. Um, what do you want me to comment on it? So, like, how do you reconcile those two? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on. Um, I think I, I think there is that number has a certain uh, meaning to it. Like I think there's an actual like some hundred forty four thousand something, right? I think it's tied more to like something with Israel, but when you read it in context, but it really does have to do a lot with um, how you would exegetically go about reading Revelation. Um, I've read a lot of commentary on it. There's just a lot of obviously, like, debate um, in regards to that kind of stuff. Um, But tying ourselves down, like, I don't want to make, like, a dangerous statement on it and tell you something and then you just believe that for the rest of your life. (laughs) Um, But in terms of the prophecies of Revelation, um, I I would lead, personally, taking a more, like, literal stance on some of those things. But not like every everything. Like there's, uh, there are things like in scripture, like w- numbers. It's tricky, right? Like anytime there's numbers in the Bible, it's not always literal. But then it is literal. Like if you know what I mean. <sighs> it's tough. It's Revelation tough is a tough one. Yeah, I can't say definitively that that number is tied to a certain thing. But I am more personally on the level of leaning towards that there are great reformed minds who will, s- who will say differently. And give you, say, hey, there's figurative uh, values here that are being given to us. And we should take them that way. Um, it's a source of debate. Okay. Yeah, It is tricky. It's a it's tricky much, reading. Yeah. But that is a very, <laughs> very, very good question. I wouldn't read it the way that Jehovah's Witnesses read it, though. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would read it that way. Um, Good question. Good question. Uh, Anything else? No? Go ahead. No, this is very important stuff. Please ask. Is finding yeah the comfort is finding security in knowing that your faith is held fast by God Himself. That has nothing to do with you, right? That if you are saved and you are elect and you are set in that number, then there is nothing you can do to relinquish that. There's nothing that you did to grant yourself into that. Um, that it's all solely God in control of those things, right? Um, so when there's doubt and fear in knowing, like, am I am I like saved? Am I really like? Part of this, or am I not? It's um, security in knowing, that if I just continue to work and I continue to put my life um, and, and trust in God and, and follow Him and, and and love Him and adore Him and grow in that, right? Um, it's knowing that there's a security of like this unconditional, like this God who has set forth this plan, and you are you are a part of that, right? Like, there's no, nothing that will break that level of security. Like, you, you don't have to feel like. This is a job, and I could get fired at any moment based on performance, if that helps. I think that's that's the comfort I find in it, right? Yes. <laughs> Do you have a question?
1: Yeah, so, I, so based on what you're saying, this would imply that apostate, yeah. so people who leave the faith <laughs> yeah. were never safe to begin with. I would say so. I think. go out Yeah, but never uh, yeah,
2: Assuming
3: that they don't come back. Okay, like Christian, that means they were just never, never left. But if they
0: hurry.
3: come back, they were left. Yeah. Can, like fall. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, no, for sure. For sure. You yeah. get saved later. Sure. Yeah. Are, are there apostates who are like, low key saved, but just say they hate Christianity but they're like kind of safe? I don't <laughs> like, think so. If they're saying
0: apostates? they hate, like, shaming, <laughs> <on Twitter. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> they like, God, it's uh, people, like, It's like they just crazy? end up in heaven and they're like, yeah. whoa. No. No, I don't think so.
3: <laughs> Brilliant yeah, as much as we like yeah as
0: much as we diminish the um, the earthly life in terms of its value um, There is still like a plan and a reason for this right under God's sovereignty And so I don't think like you just by chance end up in heaven that there is God clearly for the elect has a plan and a will and he works through them and you grow, you, you, you get, and you learn to follow God. You learn to follow Christ. You grow in your faith. Like there's, all of that stuff is part of the Christian life. So I don't think He goes, "I'm going to elect you, but you're not going to live a Christian life." In fact, you're going to be like a Christian hater, right? <laughs> or like Muhammad, who started the Islamic faith, just ends up in in heaven. Like, ooh, <laughs> whoa, like, dang, oops. <laughs> like, no, I don't think that happens. Big yeah. question, though. Very important things to contemplate. I know it's difficult, it's a little heavy, uh, but hopefully, yeah, just keep conversing and uh, we get to some good, good conclusions. All right, with that said, allow me to pray. God, we thank you so much for this time, good conversations, difficult stuff. Um, we ask the Lord that some of these things assisted in our uh, thinking and in our thought process to hopefully uh, be able to comprehend some of the more difficult Aspects of what we've discussed today. Uh, if there is a little bit of unease in our hearts or in our minds, um, would you just grant fruitful conversations with those around us? And hopefully, through this community, we can build each other up in our knowledge and in our love for you. Praise you. Thank you, Max. Uh, thank